0: This is a "That's It, That's All" bonus—a conversation with an integral part of the team leading the government of Guam's effort to relocate U.S. Marines from Okinawa to the U.S. territory in the most significant construction effort by the United States Department of Defense in 69 years. Vera Tapasnia is our guest. She offers up plenty of insight into the Guam military buildup. You are listening to "That's It, That's All" bonus.
1: You are listening to That's It That's All with Sean Gamatautau.
0: Hello there. You are listening to That's It, That's All With Me, Sean Gamatao. The podcast is brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. Get LLC is a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm in Micronesia. Do you need support in writing your next business plan? What are the best energy-efficient upgrade options for your commercial facility? Get LLC can help answer those questions and many others. You can find out more about them on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Please check them out today. Hello to those listeners checking out the podcast in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Also, greetings To those of you listening in Shelbina, Missouri, with each episode, the listenership is growing to include those now listening in Elmhurst, Illinois. Can't forget the listeners across my great island home, especially those down the road in the village of Inarahan. Half a day to you all. That's it. That's all. It has a very simple format. The podcast is designed to keep you company as you go from one end of paradise, Guam, to the other. Remember to download the podcast as you sit down in front of your desktop or your laptop computer, that next gym workout or run on the roads here or abroad. Thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher and Amazon Music also you can find that's it that's all on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora the podcast is also on the KUAM podcast network the best in original programming from the number one source for news and information in Micronesia like subscribe or follow the podcast right now on your favorite podcast app or wherever you get your podcast click those buttons right now a very special bonus Special Assistant to the Governor of Guam and Executive Director of the Community Defense Liaison Office, Vera Tapasnia. Formerly the Guam Buildup Office, established by former Guam Governor Felix Camacho in 2008, this group is responsible for leading the policy and operations priorities for the local government in support of ongoing projects linked to the 2005 U.S.-Japan Alliance Transformation and Realignment for the Future. We take a deep dive into the efforts to date to get Marine Corps Base Camp Laws and other assets to the Western Pacific and the way forward with this important DOD and community initiative. I'm sure it's been a great experience so far, has it?
2: It has been. I, I'm truly blessed, for sure, uh, to be in, in such a, um, while some people may say challenging position, I think there is certainly, um, you know, or there has been and continues to be an opportunity to learn um, and to contribute to uh you know, uh, policy decisions that the governor and lieutenant governor, um, you know, need to pursue in terms of their priorities, um, but to give to the community, uh, give back to the community through these relationships, uh, through the opportunities and through, you know, some of the policy uh, decisions that the Department of Defense makes, uh, you know, with regard to Guam and, and this region.
0: You know, when, when the office was founded, it, you know, was a... It was a small office. It still remains a very small office to the office of the governor. When you look at where the role has evolved, it's such a different um, place than when it first started, right? Is that the best way to describe it? It's, it's a little bit different roles and responsibilities
2: today. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming into the role and having the conversations with the governor and lieutenant governor on, you know the value added that this office could bring. Um, you know we looked at where where it was, how it started, where where it was when we walked in, um, and then you know having uh, foresight and but also understanding the dynamics of the Department of Defense. And while the Marine relocation, right, and the biggest or the the uh, first. Marine Corps uh, base to be built in fifty years, right? That's that certainly is remains a significant part of um, their strategy in the region. But we understood that Department of Defense is much bigger than the Marine Corps, right? You've got four service components: uh, Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marines, and then you have our own National Guard that provides support. Uh, you know, whether it be humanitarian support or uh, support, um, you know, in, in different parts of the world, uh, if you will. Uh, and, and so that certainly was a co- big consideration, right? And so folding all that into, into what was currently happening in this office and what we wanted to bring um, really added growth to the kind of work that we do um, certainly, very dynamic, uh, but it's not something that we do alone. Um, and uh, so, and we don't work in a vacuum. So, a lot of what we do has a lot to do with some of our other agencies that have direct uh, relationships with DOD, whether it's through a federal regulatory requirement like Guam EPA, the SHPO's office. Um, I mean, you have you know, land management, when you're talking about net negative and excess land, uh, returns, um, so it's just a, 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 very dynamic, uh, um, agenda, um, and a, but, a certainly a great opportunity for not just looking at, you know, projects, you know, Milcon projects, right, um, but looking at all the other, uh, requirements that the, that they have on a day-to-day basis, right, services, and just like any other community or government uh, operation, right, the DOD needs the same.
0: Let's talk about that, uh, the idea of the uh, the projects. As we're in 2021, there has been much that has been done so far in the Leon Guerrero administration relative to its relationship with the federal government. Um We've seen a bunch of different dynamic, uh, a different dynamic from the, the past two administrations. When you think about 2021, uh, what is the? I guess what's been the focus of your office, and what's the focus of the administration relative to the buildup in the current uh, in the current year? What what what's the? Uh, what are you looking at? What's the big projects right now? Well, the- you said Milcons.
2: All right, so the the MILCONs, I think we're still, you know, everyone's tracking uh what's happening with the Marine uh realignment and the new Marine Corps base, Camp Blas, uh, which is still pretty much on track, right? Um, this year and in 2021, 2022, we start seeing the trajectory of the these projects, right? And and the base uh, being built uh just continue to 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 peak. And um so you know that's it's got a lot of attention, and certainly it's something we're tracking. Um, you know, whether it's regulatory or looking at, uh, you know, for instance, they took money for the border wall a, a year or two ago, and right. now it's it's uh, been put back into the Milcon projects for Guam. Wow. Uh, so those are are getting funded again, and and of course, the um, so I think for us it's certainly. Uh, still remained focused on that. Um, we just had our meeting last month uh, with the new admiral, Admiral Nicholson, and yeah, the there's time, a big transition
0: at right. right at, the at, outgoing uh, at, uh, uh, Genders, Admiral Manoni, right? right. So we
2: had our. Um, the Civil Military Coordinating Council meeting, which we had not had in nineteen months because of COVID. All right. Um, so that was an opportunity. That was a
0: face to face meeting.
2: That was a face to face. Wow. Uh, between the DoD and and the government of Guam, um, and it was an opportunity to come back around and and pick up where we left off nineteen months ago, and talking oh, wow. about not just the impacts, but you know the opportunities that are that are coming. And even in that meeting, we realized while well, the last several years, it or I would say two or three years, um, since the CMCC was activated, the focus was on the marine realignment. And so in this particular meeting, we talked about the different, uh, the, you know, the national defense strategy, um, you know, the Pacific Deterrence Initiative for this region um, as a priority for the Indo-PACOM uh, team in Hawaii, Uh, and uh, what that looks like for for us today and how Guam is involved. And so taking that and and basically saying that the CMCC could serve a a broader role and not just focusing on the marine – base, but all of the other initiatives that we foresee and, and know that that are coming down the pipeline.
0: Because when you look at the base now, as you drive by, I mean, there's a lot of ground being moved. And there's been mm-hmm. some starts and stops, obviously. But uh, for you and your role, to, to be able to advise and now see some of that happening, getting the new admiral on, it's got to be a uh, pretty rewarding to see that, hey, listen, there is progress in this very large uh, uh, built-up program for mm-hmm. the U.S. Marines, right?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I think again going back to when when the office changed its name, and it really you know not so much that we changed the name, but I think providing more substantive, uh, um, you know, information and work products, uh, working with the different Guam teams and DOD, but I think more importantly, I think everybody knows you know the governor and lieutenant governor um, are just. I mean, they're pretty, you know, they're like the dynamic duel, you know, I I, <laughs> I would say. They've got so many initiatives going. But I think the bottom line was strengthening the relationship. Whether we disagree uh, with some of the actions or initiatives that DOD may be rolling out, I think we recognize that what's most important is establishing that relationship and um, having those communication um protocols in place so that if there's an issue, um, like COVID-19, like the Teddy Roosevelt, uh, the governor has, uh, or the Lieutenant governor has direct access any time of the day, um, to discuss, you know, what's forthcoming, uh, what's happening, some of the issues, some of the challenges, um, and really working together, Uh, to deal with uh, even things that we disagree with. And, you know, there are some things we've just uh, said, well, you know, that's not how we'd like to go uh, forward with this initiative. And, and, uh, you know, we just, it's just something that we do. But the relationship, I think, is important, um, you know, and the negotiations uh, in that.
0: tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you face in your support uh to the governor of guam as you guys are kind of traversing this big big uh program and and part of its uh community impacts
2: well, that's an interesting question because i would say probably the biggest challenge is traversing such a dynamic <laughs> and big agenda right. um uh and 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 uh, the department of defense and understanding and i think i think you know it's it's probably keeping track of um, what their priorities are in the region, Um, because what we have learned is that all decisions that they make um, in terms of security in this region, in one way or another, um, has something to do with Guam, uh, whether it's a benefit or an impact
0: now, now when you say that, I mean, we think cause you, you guys had a chance to work with the Trump administration. Now you're working with the Biden administration. Their priorities have are distinctly different politically and tactically. Is that, is that kind of also contribute to the challenges as well?
2: I wouldn't not, not too much. I, I think that yeah. Interesting. a lot of the, uh, department of defense, uh, you know, a lot of their strategy for security, I think, is still aligned. Okay. Um, but I think there may be just a shift in uh, the priority of it. For example, I would probably say the biggest shift and the biggest difference is climate change. Right. Right. And so, you know, in the Trump administration, um, I think that wasn't such a big thing uh, in this administration and with this Secretary of Defense um, you know, climate change is a big thing and, and uh, we are tracking it in the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, right. and looking at what uh, they'll be proposing uh, with regard to climate change. And uh, definitely it's something that the administration is very interested in and there's work ongoing. But I think what's going to be interesting here is, you know, will will DOD identify uh, uh Climate change issues with the installations that are that are here. So right? that
0: means, like, well, will the camp loss have solar? Will they look at uh, different ways to say to stay uh, sustainable across its construction, but also in the um, in the maintenance of the facilities for years right. to come? But we cannot forget Anderson Air Force Base right. uh, or Naval or, Base or Naval Guam, Guam mm-hmm. which in as and and I'm very familiar with those uh, two f- uh, installations, which over the last twenty years, have done a lot to uh, to kind of uh, keep forward and be keep in front of mind from their energy managers and the like that the facilities are going to meet some standard that's set obviously by DoD. So as the construction is happening and the implementation. so is that what you're saying, and we bring in totality? How uh, climate change and all that is right. being put into this particular project, Right, and how well, that will be
2: incorporated in twenty twenty two, if it gets incorporated. But I, I do know that that that's a priority uh, for the Department of Defense in in this uh, budget cycle. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, some of you know some of the other challenges are you know obviously facing the region is you know the threat from China, right. Um, and understanding that dynamics and understanding how Guam is involved in all of that. Um, and with the Pacific Deterrence Initiative, and I think about a year ago, uh, it, it was out in the news that uh, uh, the DOD was looking at the defense, the Guam defense system, the Aegis Ashore, Right. And right. so we've been tracking that um, and watching that in the uh, 2022 uh, appropriations bill. Um and uh, uh, because that'll bring a different dynamic to you know, the security of Guam.
0: You know, it's interesting because uh, most of the focus of the federal government has been about the ongoing pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no question that this is front and center for everyone's, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, um, how they look at policy. Mm-hmm. But you make a great point, is looking at, at this, um, what's happening in China Uh, What's the uh, kind of the the unstableness of the of North Korea? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we haven't you know was like yesterday we're being threatened for uh, for you know missiles and and talk of the the uh, onshore missile systems. Mm -hmm. So when we think of that in the program in general, from a challenge point of view, is uh, is is how does how does the governor how do you all um, get wrapped around staying on top of this? And it must be contributes. I guess maybe something would contribute to it would be the kind of the decent relationship that you guys have with the our local commands is that is that a safe assessment because you don't hear about it all you hear about is pandemic 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 Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely and i and i and i do have to say that the the pandemic itself is certainly um a concern for and any emerging um infectious disease uh from here on out uh, is going to be a priority for both the Department of Defense and obviously, you know, the governor, um, because it's unprecedented, right? And at least in our lifetime, there's never been a pandemic. Right. And and so that's what I mean when you're looking at the how dynamic the agenda is, because the DOD has had to prioritize how they deal with, with COVID-19 and how they will deal with emerging threats such as as this as some people have said, you know, that the, that the COVID-19 was a manufactured, um, pandemic, right. right. Uh, driven by China. So that's, that's an interesting, uh, dialogue. And, and, uh, it, it has, uh, caused a shift in the way we all do business for sure. And that's been a topic and, and, in some of the regional security, uh, conferences or workshops that I've been in, um, it's interesting to see how the region and some of the other countries in the Pacific and islands in the Pacific are dealing with COVID-19 and the request for assistance that, that they would like prioritized by the United States. Right. And, and we don't have that issue as, as a U.S. territory. I mean, you know, we've got uh, CARES Act money and, and the vaccines and, and uh, but, that relationship certainly is, uh, um, with the department of defense, you know, and COVID-19 is, as, as an, as a threat, right. That, that, uh, had, had everybody worried. Right. And, um, so, you know, I think the governor, um, for sure is very well informed. And I think, that she has a great team, not just this office, right. but others who have experience in what we do. Um, you know, former Senator Carlotta Leon Guerrero, who, um, who had been on the at way back when, right, with civilian military task force, um, and has, has experience in, in, the planning, right? Yeah, I mean, for, you,
0: you can even go throw it back to uh, the old uh, base realignment enclosure commission work. Right, where she Brack, was part, of, she our, was part, part of, that, of that work too, right?
2: Right, and some some of the folks are still around from Brack, and and yeah, there
0: are quite a number of folks that are
2: still yeah. part so, of that. So, and process. we're still talking about Brack. I mean, it all this the excess, you know, net negative. Um, returns uh certainly have a connection to those days uh the brackets yeah i mean
0: that's interesting because you you know we talk about challenges you think of a uh asset and you think of maybe in the pandemic but part of you know part of the challenges also really is these long-standing issues that have faced the department of defense like uh, land returns and it's Mm -hmm. interesting you say that because i i think uh, some people might kind of gloss it over but it's really still an important part of what's happening right
2: oh absolutely i mean it's something we negotiate um pretty frequently since, uh, we've been in office. Um, and, uh, we have some lands being returned as we speak, uh, okay. being reviewed by our government of Guam. That was part of the, that is part of net negative. Um, so certainly we're excited about that. Um, and, uh, but, uh, though that's just one of many initiatives, uh, that we continue to work on, um, here in the office, and, and more importantly are, are the grants that come out of this office. You know, we we certainly have to make sure we don't lose sight of that, uh, of the grant opportunities that are available for, whether it be mitigation, um, defense infrastructure for the community outside the fence, um, defense manufacturing strategies that we are certainly going to be uh, looking at and pursuing um, and then, you know, going back to BRAC, right, that's the Guam shipyard, right, the, the, the ship repair facility down at Navy, um, that is a priority for the governor. That's on the top of our list as an economic development strategy. Um, and how do we grow that uh, and bring that back? Maybe not necessarily as a full-on uh, return to U.S. Navy ship repair facility, but how do we work with DOD to bolster economic activity and engage more private sector participation um, in that? And so it's tracking what their plans are in ship repair, shipbuilding, ship repair, uh, and the movement of the fleet uh, and the needs um, and even the military sealift command, you know, and, and tracking all that as it relates to China, because that's what it is. You know, China's the big elephant in the room.
0: What do you see, Vera, for uh, the balance of 2021 and into 2022 relative to military construction in Guam? I know it's uh, it's been publicized. The amounts are staggering, which is showing a lot of support for um, the mission. But what do you see um, happening now and next year? Well,
2: again, the, the Marine Corps uh, Base Camp Blas is, is certainly uh, – on track for you know uh, uh the peak years as they call it right 20 20 right now there's as you said numbers are staggering uh 2022 we see the same if not more um and so i i think what what we see is uh, certainly opportunity um for the the you know the private sector and for economic uh, recovery here, but I think, but I think there are going to be challenges as well. Right. Um, Whether it be labor supply materials um, um, you know, think things like that. Um, And you know, more work and would require obviously with the workforce, right. Increase H2B. um, And so, so there'll be some pressure, on, on the island, on the community, you know, uh, whether it be real estate um, uh, development or just, you know, your day-to-day services to the people of Guam. And so that's something that we are looking at um, and uh, definitely something we'll be discussing uh, when we when we head to, to D.C. And, 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 meet and it, seemed, it seems
0: like when you do meet with D- DOD in D.C. with the governor, it seems like this is that's always got to be front and center right for you guys mm-hmm. i mean hey we have a lot of money to spend we have uh very limited resources mm-hmm. uh you know what else can you do to help and, and they've been very responsive to governor Guerrero, for the most part
2: for the most part yes i think we've we've done there's been so much work there's been um definitely some funding Uh, In 2021, as you probably heard, the public health uh, laboratory, the biosafety lab, um, level two, three, you know, that was uh, approved in Congress in 2014. But the approval at the time was just for training and and, uh, uh, some staffing.
0: Funny how a pandemic changes things, right?
2: Right. And so exactly. (laughs) And so we, we found ourselves at the beginning of the pandemic having to send... Uh, samples off island right. to get tested for COVID-19. And had we had that capability, I think, you know, that plus other emerging infectious diseases or current, you know, we would be able to, to address. And um, But uh, having seen that in the 2014 NDAA, you know, the governor worked, we worked really hard and we worked directly with Congress, with the armed services committees um, to support uh, changing that appropriation to construction of the lab. And so in 2021 that was approved and we're just now, um, getting ready to, uh, receive that $32 million grant. And that serves, uh, and we know we'll be impacted, uh, you know, this is, I mean, I don't want to say we'll have another COVID-19 or it's COVID-20, but you know, the, 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 just the everyday, uh, uh, you know considerations for emerging, um, you know, infectious diseases is a concern uh, for the governor, and so we're we're very pleased that we can we can now uh, move forward with this construction. Um, but absolutely, she's been um, she's been very forthright, very transparent. Um, you know, no holds bar. We've we've written many letters. Uh, you know, asking for assistance right. uh, for advocacy uh in any way possible to deal with the impacts right you know?
0: and when you think about the letter it's not enough but also her meeting and at some point she will engage if she hasn't already uh secretary austin for dod right is that on top of your kind of mind too That to, that when she's in front of him what the ask is going to be or is that something oh yes yes as a group? We,
2: we've got we've got uh several different priorities uh that she'll be discussing with him if she has the opportunity um uh at the Pentagon, but we we do have some meetings uh, lined up uh, with the different service components uh, right. to talk to their leadership. They're, they're good individually. Adv- and
0: they're good advocates, right? I mean, obviously the U.S. Marine Corps and uh, and the U- U.S. Navy obviously are the big the big guys in the room because it's their program, right? Uh, but then getting the you know getting the ask in right. to them should make that ask to uh, Secretary oh, the yeah. Current Secretary and, Austin. And um, when you align
2: law. it to federal agencies, right? Your your U.S. EPA, uh, the SHPO. Uh, the National Historic Preservation Act, I mean, those are all regulatory requirements um, that have to be enforced locally, right, right? on on some of these, many, all these projects. Uh, And so, you know, that's where we see the bottleneck, right, Uh, to these agencies. And certainly if, if DOD can't support, whether it's funding additional manpower, you know, how do we advocate to the federal agencies who are requiring our agencies to enforce these laws and these policies so um, you know it's it's a lot of uh, uh, definitely networking and collaborative discussions uh, with not just DoD but with region nine in San Francisco you know it's
0: interesting you say that as as like this even this discussion only scratches the surface mm-hmm. of of what you and the magnitude of the things that you do and so when you think about that down the road yes you have a, a immediate, construction project in front of you with the base you have the interaction between the the commands of the joint region and the like and then it's interaction with the community but this is only really just small now this there's other things going on and you've you've expounded on it, it it's got to be tough um to stay on top of it and and uh, and our community looking to folks like yourself and ensuring that the pro- project and program moves forward right is that a that'd be tough for you yeah
2: Absolutely and as dynamic and big as it is uh, I think you know the, the probably the most uh, valuable thing that this office can do is prioritize um, and prioritize to the needs of the people of Guam and that's been the governor's direction um, and ensuring that that uh, uh, that's what we take into consideration uh, when we make recommendations to her uh, and talking to our agencies and looking at what the needs are in the community, services that may be impacted, um, and additional infrastructure requirements uh, and, uh, you know, programs uh, that DOD could possibly fund uh, that, that uh, promote, you know, community and defense engagement and, and, uh, and, and improving relationships.
0: Speaking of the priority, and it must be tough because there's so many competing interests how do you stay focused on on the governor's main priorities here and do you feel you're getting there and you're getting it done for her
2: i think so i think i think she's got as i mentioned you know she's got a great team um and uh if i don't have an answer or if i'm stuck uh there are people in the in the administration that i can call um very visionary um you know, both her and the lieutenant governor, um, just, of course. yeah, very broad, uh, very broad thinking. Um, and so, you know, I can lean on my colleagues, uh, to provide additional support. Uh, and I too pick up the phone and I can call department of defense directly and right. say, Hey, you know, I just saw this running through appropriations. What is this? Um, whether it's a cut in a program or an addition to the program, uh, you know, I I can I can certainly pick up the phone and call them, but it's really prioritizing what's important to the people of Guam, uh, and through our grants, I think is probably the most uh, probably the most important and most critical uh, part of the work that we do, ensuring that we can get more federal and DoD funds to support uh, not just you know the community, but it, it's it's a benefit to the Department of Defense. Um, so that surely is is the priority for us, and uh, and then everything else just falls into place. You know, it comes, we deal with it, uh, and and we dialogue on it, and we provide our you know some policy input. Um, and but the doors are open, and I think the governor's done a, a great job um, from the very first time she went. We you know made that trip to D.C. and uh, we've had some, and I think. You know, you've probably been tracking even through COVID-19. We've had some high-level visits uh, with regard to the, you know, Pacific Deterrence Initiative. So there's a lot of movement, and, and Guam is certainly, you know, front and center as a strategic location. We all know that.
0: We will be catching up soon with Vera and the Office of the Governor of Guam to hear more about updates to include, among other things, a new hospital action plan and their ongoing work on Capitol Hill. That's it. That's all. Bonus. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon.
1: The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening.